Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Two minutes to go. And a pucked up Dan Holpe watching a bad bounce out of the corner. And a shot and a save made by Braden Holpe. Oh, my. As Alex Tuck was robbed on a puck that came bouncing out of the corner. And Washington by a whisker. Still on top with 159 to go. My goodness, Braden Holpe. Off the face of the Capitals have won it. Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is, the return to glory. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We did it our way, baby! We did it! Welcome everyone, Huddle Up Podcast, live here on our Facebook page. It is uh, it is Wednesday, July the 29th, 2020. We've got tons to talk about tonight, including sports are officially, officially, officially back. Uh, we got the Marlins are going to Marlin, and of course, predictions galore. But make sure you check out uh, Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast, and uh, we will get everybody's... Uh, Twitter account as we go throughout the show. Uh, make sure you check out our home network, NGSC Sports, at ngscsports.com. And uh, you can also uh, stream us daily at leebsports.com, L E E I B sports.com. So uh, we got the uh, got the full crew on here again tonight. Dave, how you doing this week, bud? Doing good. Uh, happy to be back and uh, talking sports with some live sports to go over here, watching the hockey game as we speak. So, uh, pretty good evening. Yeah, some uh, some real hockey, real basketball soon to follow. Baseball, we'll kind of figure out what's going on with baseball. It just seems to be the sport that can't get out of its own way. Uh, Sean, how are we doing tonight? Well, you know, rocking and rolling. Uh, got to watch some sports. Phillies, of course, cut short, but I'm sure we'll get to that. And, um, I don't know. Hockey's back. I, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm ready to fly. Let's let's, let's get chatting. Yeah, that shirt's gross. Uh, yeah, Matt, how flyer. <laughs> Matt, how we doing tonight? Doing well. You know, just to echo everyone's sentiments. Glad to see some live sports. Uh, you know, Phil's got roughed up on and off the field, maybe. <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully we can get some baseball back here for Philly fans. Um, but it's it's just been nice to just kind of watch sports in general. Um, you know. I'm sure we'll talk about like the the cardboard cutouts and the fans and everything like that, but you know it's it's sports. Yeah, yeah, it's here. And uh, yeah, if you're following along in the live video, give it a like, give it a share. 
maybe start a watch party thing, get as many people in here. If you're following along, feel free to comment. We'll uh, we'll get some of your comments on air as well. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's jump into it. We'll start uh, we'll start with the sports that so far, knock on wood, uh, haven't gotten derailed by one or more teams, uh, and that's the National Hockey League, of course, beginning yesterday with. Uh, the Flyers and the Penguins kicking off the action. There was there was hockey well uh, into the overnight, at least here on the East Coast, um, and then uh, tons of action today that started early uh, in the uh, in the afternoon. Um, obviously, a little different uh, as as everything is this year and uh, and in uh, sports right now with uh, no fans and uh, you have the the covered up seats and and all of that. A um, couple different camera angles. I think we got like a drone camera in in the building. But um, overall, uh, and we'll go around Dave, Sean, uh, and Matt. Uh, your your thoughts on the the, the game presentation? I, I you know, and and maybe this is just me. And and Matt can uh, attest to this as well. Being a pro wrestling fan, we've been watching pro wrestling since March without fans. So um, basketball, golf, baseball, hockey. It, it it doesn't it didn't even really register with me. I think I've just become accustomed to it. Um, I know there was a little bit of kind of piped in crowd noise, especially on goals when they were scored. But um, to me, it it felt like a fairly normal hockey broadcast, at least at least as far as I can remember, uh, as far that far back. Uh, Dave, thoughts on the game presentation? Yeah, I think they've been pretty good overall considering uh, what they have to deal with here, but uh, they they need to avoid what Fox did for baseball on, I think it was Saturday, where they tried to pipe over some crowds from last year into the stands on some of the, the cutaways. That was... Uh, oh, the, the virtual the virtual fans? Yeah, you'd see it on one view with the, the fans in it, and then the next view there'd be empty stadium, and it was kind of back and forth wasn't any good, but... Uh, I, I could care less if there's fans there or not. Uh, we have live sports, so I mean, we got we got to take what we can get at this point in time. Yeah, and with like the virtual fan thing, it's like if you're gonna do it, figure out a way to do it a, the the whole time. Because like I know they were broad, they were like advertising they were gonna do it, and then sometimes you'd see them like you know in the 300 level in like one section on the first base side, and then then they were gone, and it's like so are we? Do we have them or do we not? Like you can't. You can't dangle that out there and then and then not do it. But uh, Sean, thoughts on the uh, the hockey game presentation? Uh, well, it was exciting to watch, uh, especially overtime. Uh, but we, um, yeah, I think as a whole, like you said, I think I think it it, it felt fairly normal. Uh, I thought the game itself just kind of felt a little slow, but I think it was moving a little slow at first. Uh, just in general, it was a little sloppy. Um, but the team started to put it together, and, and when they were drawing up some plays, you really saw some crisp speed and. Um, I think the exhibition games were definitely a good call. They might have even been able to pull off two, um, but um, we'll take what we can get. Um, I did notice, I, I feel like uh, maybe it was because I had watched baseball and um, really like you see the cutouts and some empty fans. I felt like when they were showing me the game on an actual broadcast, it feels lower. Like I feel like I can see fans behind the action a little more. And I felt with the um, the angle that they were shooting this at, I, I didn't feel like I really noticed empty seats. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel that a part of me is like, you know, that's cool and that's great. Um, but I, I think sometimes maybe you just need to embrace the awesome setup that they put together. I think it looks sharp without the fans. Um, I'd like to see them during the, you know, probably the more televised games, maybe uh, some more wide shots to just show the whole thing maybe with like a little light show kind of show off like, Hey, you know, we put this together. And, um, and uh, I did like that. They 
I mean, I don't know what it looks like in person, but they had, I guess, CGI uh, boards uh, where the advertisements were Pittsburgh and Philly or, or local uh, advertisements. So I thought that was kind of nice. I, I don't know what it looks like in person if it's just white. Uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought the broadcast was fine. I even got down in, into the glass, which is now a glass box instead of just a booth. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, it was just exciting to see it back on uh, and just get to watch a couple of games. Yeah, I think um, I think in person, or at least like a day or two before uh, the game started, some of the pictures I saw, that, that the, the boards just had nothing on them. Um, which would kind of make sense if, if you're kind of going the, the CGI route, which is what I think they, they are doing, um, then obviously having a, a blank slate to work with. Because I know, um, like Sean, you and I have been to Notre Dame for, for a hockey game and their boards just have like green stripe and like the, the logos around. But when they're broadcast yeah. on, on TV, then they then they put um, then they put ads on the board. So I think it's kind of the same idea. Um, Matt, your thoughts just on the, uh, the, the game presentation for the NHL. I mean, like you said, we, we've kind of been used to this as wrestling fans. Um, you know, I, so I wasn't like surprised by anything that happened. I, I will say that I liked the look of the NHL, um, with the seats being covered. I thought that looked really sharp. Uh, I did comment to my wife while we were watching that game, as opposed to just seeing like the, the rows of empty seats, like you do with the MLB. Uh, I do like the nod that they're doing. Um, I don't know if all stadiums are doing it. I know the Phillies are just because I, I heard that, but the cutouts being like first responders, um, you know, essential employees, I think that's a, a nice touch. Um, so if, if other stadiums are doing that as well, um, then, then that's an awesome thing. Um, but it, But seeing like just the covered look of the NHL, I, I thought was a really clean, appearance it, it made it like really stand out there on television and jim i did want to mention in your honor tonight for this show um my my drink selection is big lebowski themed so we have the Doug abides which is a russian very nice fire ale and then i also have the really tied the room together nice so, nice yeah uh, that one uh that was the one i think you had given me one time yeah. Uh, I did enjoy it. It was pretty tasty. I still have the can. Uh, I did save the can on that one because that's a uh, that's a pretty cool one. Yeah, I think the NHL really really did hit a home run with the um, with the presentation between the uh, seats being covered up and the like, you know, the the video boards and different things. Like it, it just it, in a way, it kind of and and, and Tyler says it here in the. Um, in the comments, he said it definitely helps. No need to show the empty seats. Like it covers the empty seats, but yeah, it just it gives you it gives you a good like oh like a a, a great visual uh, product with the with the with the lighting and, and different things. And it also it's able to present some of the elements um, to give you kind of a home feel. Um, you know, the, the, you know, I know the uh, like I was watching the little bit of the Blackhawks and Blues earlier, and they're using I've noticed across the board they're using the. Uh, some of the goal horns and the goal songs and and the stuff in between play, so they, they've they've really kind of gone above and beyond. And I mean, we'll talk about the NBA as well. I think I think the look of the the NBA uh, setup down there at Disney um, is 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 a really neat look as well. I mean, with with baseball, it's it's I mean, it's it's a big empty stadium, you know, and and you know it it shows a a quite a contrast of the size of the building 
from a NHL arena to like a major league stadium. It's just it's 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 vastly larger. You have the cardboard cutouts and things like that. Um, you know, and, and in terms of gameplay, yeah, Sean, I know you 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 talked about how like at points, and we you and I were were talking last night. You know, there was points of sloppy play, and and I think that's come to be expected. I mean, the the teams have been in training camp and whatnot, but you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with like four months off. So you know, these guys are trying to get their legs back underneath them. Um, I thought I thought the Caps looked really good um, this afternoon uh, when they came out. Um, you know, so it's it's going to be touch and go. The thing I am I am happy about, and I think. Because Dave, as a Caps fan, Matt and Sean as Flyers fan, I think the thing we can be be more happy about than some fans is we don't have to go through a play-in series. We're already in the playoffs. Because yeah, we have those three games for seeding, but we know we're already we're already in the dance. Because, you know, just watching one game, and I know this afternoon, um, the Florida Panthers got absolutely lit up by the lightning. Uh, I would not want to be uh, not that I, I'm not even sure if there are any Florida Panthers fans, but I would not want to be one coming off of that performance and going into a, a best of uh, best of five series starting this weekend because because uh, they look pretty abysmal. So I, I am Did Bob play the whole game. Uh, I yes, I think so. Which is because I know we we subbed in Elliot in the third period and, and I saw um, I, I didn't know if other teams were trying to do the same. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh had done that. The Caps put in uh, Vanacek in the third. Uh, I saw yeah. the Blackhawks at the first whistle after the halfway point switched um, and put yeah, in Malcolm which, Subban. Which is what I feel in an exhibition game you should do. And, and I'm uh, sure. I don't know. Lightning. The Lightning are probably – and you and I talked about the Penguins last night about, you know, I mentioned like Crosby's healthy and like the team had a chance to kind of get back. The Lightning are a team, and I can tell you being down here in Tampa area, they were – banged up uh at the point that the season stopped i mean it was a point where like every day it was just the sports radio was like another reason the season's over blah blah blah, <laughs> blah. and um you know they've had a chance to heal up and get some really good goal scorers on the ice so like they're one of those you know kind of i would love for them to just get knocked off you know and, and see that that was one of the things that we had talked about um a couple of shows ago is you know what teams are going to benefit? What teams are going to get hurt by the, by this layoff? And now, you know, we, we don't know what the matchups are going to be yet, and we don't um, we haven't seen everybody play. But like, I know for me, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable after watching the Capitals this afternoon. Now, I, I don't know where the Hurricanes are in terms of like you know their momentum or what have you, but like the Caps they usually form over the Atlantic. Is usually oh, is that okay? I got you. Yeah. And typhoons are in the Pacific. Usually. Um, but the Capitals, the floor had kind of fallen out on them. Uh, you know, on the... There you go, Sean. Um, the the Capitals, the floor had kind of fallen out. And I thought that the, the, the break couldn't have come at a better time for Washington. Uh, not that you ever want a global pandemic to shut down a season for four months. Um, but the, the Caps looked pretty darn good this afternoon um you know and and Sean you and Matt obviously can speak more on the Flyers but uh we're starting to see that that maybe some of these teams that were struggling a bit um you know may have benefited a bit Dave your your thoughts maybe on you know on that like that that we now we kind of maybe have seen that there are teams that could benefit from this break 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination of uh, who who benefits from the break, and as Sean said, who gets healthy. I mean, you get a piece uh, Stamkos coming back, or I mean, Colorado's getting a lot of guys back from injury, or you know, a whole bunch of different pieces. If it's injury related versus a shift in momentum, it, it's two different things, but they're both uh, vitally important. And uh, you know, you can't take a whole bunch out of one exhibition game. Um, but I did think the Capitals looked well. They were out of place a couple times. But uh, the, the number one thing is that Ovi looked like he was engaged and going. And that's uh, uh, good news for us. Key without a, yeah, that, that's obviously a key there. Um, but I think the, the other thing you got to take out of it, too, is, you know, the, these veteran. It's a leadership type of thing, too. Like five game series are, are a new thing, basically, based on how they do playoffs now. And, you know, you lose that first game and you got to win three out of four. And that's not a, an easy task uh, regardless. And it's going to be um, not only, you know, your back's up against the wall, but you're, you're two more losses away from being at home with your family and not having to deal with any of this pandemic and bubble stuff. So there's a there's a whole new component in um, not that you don't want to win, but I mean, these guys are away from their family and literally in a bubble, for lack of better terms. I know we keep saying that, but. Um, it, it'll be very interesting. I mean, I think the Bruins, the Bruins, and a Canada little bit Bay of the bubbly. Two, two, uh, two favorites out in the uh, the East there, but uh, you, you really got to the West is a little bit more wide open. But uh, you know, Tampa Bay getting healthy is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, no doubt. And and uh, I thought it was really interesting. And and we've seen if you if you there, if you follow you know NHL or any players or anything on on social media, guys are giving you kind of different looks inside the bubble. And I know Brian Boucher talked about it on the broadcast uh, that nobody's getting in, nobody's getting out unless unless it's an approved exit. I know uh, a couple players in the Capitals are set; uh, their their wives are set to uh, uh, have uh, give birth in in August, so they will be leaving uh, and and then coming back um, to the bubble. But it, the the setup um, with with walls around restaurants and hotels and and different things, um, you know, because. With the NBA, it's it's fairly easy to just kind of quarantine off a sector of, of Disney. But when you're in the the middle of a of two cities, um, you know, the, I think the NHL did a hell of a job at, at really kind of setting up barriers for these guys and and going um, really really strong on security um, for for their sake and 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 you know for uh, all the staff and everything. So it, it it is what it is. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the NBA kind of bursting their bubble. At least some guys. Um, you know, in a, in a little bit, um, but Sean, yeah, the thoughts on kind of the gameplay and where, where some of these teams are at. Well, I mean, you know, as far as getting healthy, like I pointed out Tampa Bay and, and, and even Pittsburgh, like getting some pretty key pieces back. Um, uh, you know, it's the flyers. I mean, Gostas Bier came out uh, in the last day or two and said, this is the healthiest he's ever felt, uh, in his career, uh, which tells me that after this, there is no more excuses. I don't, I don't care what it is. I mean, if you're going to, if you're ever going to be the Gossis beer that we want, this is the time let's do it. Uh, but um, goalies are a big question mark too. Uh, you know, some teams with some older goalies, like is kind of sitting sitting around for a while and then getting back up to speed guys like Bobrovsky that have been at this for a long time, or, you know, even a Holpe that's kind of, you know, getting up there. Or, um, uh, know, Lundquist maybe. in New York. Yeah, I mean, you have these guys that, like, you know, maybe coming out cold. Maybe the rest is good for them. Maybe it's not. I, I would think that the younger, more nimble keepers are, are probably, you know, at somewhat of an advantage. I know I know Carter Hart uh, looked pretty strong coming out, uh, you know, so hopefully all those things, um, 
you know, work for me. I, I think the younger and the faster your team is, the better this whole situation works for you. Um, but that's just me. I'm all about faster, younger, stronger. That, that's me. Well, I mean, you, you saw it yesterday with the, with the Flyers in overtime. They had, they had oh, yeah. two huge breakaways. And, I mean, once you get into playoff play, those three-on-threes aren't going to be a thing anymore. Um, but I mean, that, that, that can show you right there. Um, and I mean, the Capitals, there's a couple of points today, um, you know, had, had, you know, just crisp passing and speed well, yeah. that, that just, well, that yeah, just, but if you end up on a power play or something like that, or even a two man advantage, all of a sudden that speed on an open ice is, is going to really, really, uh, really crank some things up. So yeah, and I mean, uh, very little room for error. Tyler brings sense. up a great point too. You have a couple guys, Corey Crawford, Austin Matthews as well that, uh, you know that that had, had coronavirus and and are and are back from it now. So, um, you know th- th- when you when you start getting guys back in the mix from that, you know you got to wonder how conditioning is and how how the virus may have impacted them. And uh, so there's there's a lot of elements to it. Matt, thoughts on uh, thoughts on the gameplay that that we've seen so far? Um, I, I really only watched the the Flyers ten game, so um, you know it looked like some feeling out there at first. Uh, you know. Good, you know, showing from Carter Hart. I think in the first two periods, it's nice to kind of get some change of pace then with Elliot in the end, um, just to keep everyone fresh. But you know, I, I think these exhibition rounds, you know, we as sports fans, we kind of look at exhibition games as just kind of like a, you know, let's just see what X person can do. But this, I think, is the most important exhibition round we'll see on both sides, NBA and NHL. So. Um, you know, it, it was nice to see them kind of pick up where they left off for the Flyers. Um, and I'll never complain about Penn's loss. So, uh, Neither will I. I mean, I, I usually am not a guy that roots uh, for the Flyers to win, but I will always you mean, root. Um, you mean the first franchise to ever lose an NHL game in July? <laughs> there you go. The that uh, that is uh, that is historic for those Penguins. Um and before we get to, to predicting, and, and obviously it's it, we don't know the matchup, so we can't go round around or anything like that. Um, last week, of course, the 32nd NHL franchise uh, released their name and logos and colors and jerseys and all of that. The Seattle Kraken, of course, they will um, have the expansion draft next summer. But uh, l- real quick, thoughts on the name and uh, the logos and all of that, Dave. I can't. Uh, I can't wait to be one of their fan club members or part of the crackheads. <laughs> I think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna use that a lot, or, or you know, the crack house or something like that. Like the the things that the fans are gonna come up with out there. It's just gonna be phenomenal. But uh, I thought they did a really good job with the video on the reveal. The uh, color schemes is excellent. Uh, well done, Sean. How about you? Oh yeah, I thought that that they're. Uh... They had like a teaser video like the week before where like they they do fishing and they find the goal, the goal light. And it's like this mysterious. I, I thought that was brilliant. Uh, the reveal was brilliant. Color schemes good, uh, you know, with with being on the, the Pacific Coast like that. I think I think all around it's a really cool idea. Hate the fact that they're going to steal a bunch of players and be immediately competitive instead of working at it like the rest of the rest of America. But but, hey, you know, you take what you can get Worked and, for um, Vegas. Yeah, it worked for them. At least until they them. ran into that buzzsaw. What team was that that one? What team was that? They can take the middle pieces from Pittsburgh and Washington <laughs> and, and a couple other strong squads and just build an all-star team. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think as far as an expansion team goes, I think it's a brilliant name and a, and a great location. 
How about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, once once we kind of knew that my dream of bringing back the Hartford Whalers wasn't going to happen, I think this is kind of the, the next best thing. I, I do love the color scheme. I think it looks really sharp. Uh, the, the logo itself took a little getting used to for me, but, you know, I can appreciate what they were trying to do with it. Um, so anxious to see, you know, how many fans in Seattle are going to turn out for this. Um, but, you know, with being right on the border there of Canada, sure. Um, <laughs> we'll see. But I, I can't complain about anything they did in terms of the release, the name. I think it's all really awesome. Yeah, I like the fan wise. I think I think the city of Seattle's great. But he mentioned the logo, that secondary logo, the like anchor that they have with the, with space, like the needle. space needle in the center. Brilliant. Badass. Uh, I like the you know, like the tentacles coming up through the S. Oh, yeah. Um like just yeah, spiral. You know, and, and obviously with the color scheme, you know, it gives you it gives you the kind of the nod to the to the mariners too, and obviously to the mm-hmm. to the ocean. I yeah, I think they they hundred percent um glad they didn't go the way of the Seahawks with their color scheme. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do that it's, electric it's green. It's sort of in between the two, though. Like it, it's kind it of is, this, but it's it. it yeah. I, I definitely got more of a Mariner vibe than I did the uh, the the Seahawks, which is good because right. if they would have went that electric green, I probably would have gave right. it a big thumbs well, and down. Keeping it with an ocean theme, like you kind of have the whole Mariner Seahawk, you know, like, uh, cracking. I, I like the I like the whole play. And uh, and I think you're going to get an instant rivalry with uh the canucks right across the uh the border there so that uh, probably be better than them probably probably um but uh obviously okay you know real real quick here is is there a team uh maybe besides our own obviously you know sean and matt would want to say the flyers me and dave (laughs) would want to say the caps um is is there a team flyers (laughs) thank you um that that (laughs) perfect Uh, um that you know, you that that you think, you know, has 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 a better odds maybe of of coming out and um and taking this year's Stanley Cup. Uh, obviously, again, we don't know the matchups. Uh, those those will um play itself out over over the next week or so. We'll go to Dave first. So I think uh, you know your favorites are our favorites for a reason. Uh, I, I kind of like Boston and Tampa Bay in the East. Uh, Long shots in the East, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, Carolina, I like. Um, they're likely going to get either the three or four seed coming out of the first round, assuming they get out of uh, New York, which uh, I, I think that they match up pretty well against the Capitals and frustrate us again. Um, not that I really want to admit that, and I'm not projecting that we beat uh, Boston or Tampa Bay. So um, <laughs> Carolina could be a nice long shot to look at, but uh, I, I think it's going to be Boston coming out of the East. Um, I think we got, uh, I like Colorado a lot coming out of the East or out of the West. And I like, uh, Dallas a little bit, uh, possible long shot, uh, even Vancouver, they're young with nothing to lose. So they're in and, uh, it's all bonus time now. They have nothing to lose. So potential out there too, but, uh, we'll go with those at the moment. All right, Sean, how about you? Well, Vancouver, like you just, you, you threw a little Coover in there. A little Coover, uh, a little Coover. The hoser? Yeah, hoser. Anyway. <laughs> um, Oh God! Watch, I don't watch it there, eh? And you watch it, eh? Um, about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God! I don't. As far as teams, I like, first of all, I like the Flyers a lot, and I'm not just saying that uh, because uh, they're my team, and I have to say it. Uh, I'm saying it because, like I said, a lot of youth. Uh, I think if Carter Hart's anything close to what he was playing when the season stopped, I think they got a real chance. Um, but a lot of this is going to happen real fast, and it's going to be a big change. And I think you're younger teams whoever and whoever's goalie stands tight in the in that uh in between the pipes is gonna uh do the best 
Um, because of that and because of Rask and those things, it's hard to bet against Boston, but I refuse to bet on Boston. Uh, so, um, you know, F them and um, their whole state and general area. Douche. Um, yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I do like Tampa uh, and, and um, as a whole. Like, if I wasn't going to go fly, I'd probably say Tampa, you know, it's going to come down to their goaltending, but um, they can outscore just about anybody in the league if, 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 I mean, their goaltender has the luxury of being able to give up two, three goals and win most of his games. So um, I would like them a lot in the West. I'm, I'm kind of with them on Colorado. I think Colorado um, looks sharp, looks crisp. Again, young, young, young. Um, but, but yeah, I would say probably them. And, and I'm not going to count out St. Louis. So I would say the St. Louis or, uh, or um, Colorado would be my two picks in the West. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, you know, not to be stereotypical, but obviously I'm going to go with the Flyers. I think that, um, you know, the way they came out playing yesterday, it doesn't look like they're really losing anything from that hot streak that they had going on. I will never in my life say that Boston might win anything um, ever. So nope. can't, can't agree with that, that sentiment there. But uh, I do like what I see out of Tampa Bay as well. And then I definitely have to echo the sentiments with Colorado. Um I think that would just be a, a good matchup um, in terms of Colorado versus, you know, either Tampa Bay or Philadelphia, just a lot of youth speed, uh, a lot of fun. Um, but if it is Boston, then whoever plays them will have my full support. Yeah, for me, uh, Tyler has Tampa um, out of the East, Vegas out of the West. Uh, he said, of course, Philly was the hottest team in the East uh, before the break. Um, for me, uh I like, you know, not just to echo everybody. I mean, obviously I want the caps, but you know, the, the, what, what they were doing before the break, um, makes me a little nervous about them, uh, coming out. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's not that I don't have faith in them. This is, they, they have to prove it to me, uh, that they're there. Um, but, but yeah, Tampa, they, they, they've been so good for so many years and, and like they, they kind of have a capitals of like you know, seven, eight years ago feel to them where they're, they just, they score at will, but can they do enough defensively and can their goaltending hold up, um, and, and getting bounced the way they did last year. Um, you know, I think they have a lot to prove. And, and, you know, the big thing too, now with the empty arenas is, you know, if, if you go down two at home, quote unquote, you don't, ha you don't hear those groans and boos and stuff coming out of your home building. So like, in, in, you know, in a way that can kind of maybe be a good thing if you get off to a slow start in a game where then it just comes down to you picking yourself up. Um, but a team I think kind of to watch in the East could be the Rangers. They, they much like the Flyers, were absolutely on fire um, before the break. The Rangers were making a strong push. They, they were almost getting to the point where it was like they might not even be a wild card team. They might get into one of those top three spots. Um, and then going out West on the Rangers. Well, I'm not that, that to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just a team that it wouldn't shock me if they can, they can find that momentum again that, you know, they can make a put and how will Henrik Lundqvist get back? You know, can he get back into that groove at his age? You know, that that's one of those goalies that you really have to watch because if he's on, he's still one of the best in in hockey, but Four months is a long time to pick right back up in it for a guy that old. Um, he's certainly on the wrong side of 30. That he is on the wrong side of 30. 
Um, and then looking out west, um, you know, Vegas was a team that, you know, midseason they fired their coach and it was like they weren't that bad when they fired their coach and they only kind of got better. So, um, you know, I, I like Vegas. I don't think you can count out the Blues. I don't think they could have ever imagined this is how their uh, Stanley Cup defense was going to go. Um, but here we are. Um, and then another team that it was a smaller sample size, but after they fired their coach, the Nashville Predators were starting to get a little hot too. So I think Nashville could be a team to to at least make some noise in the early rounds. Um, you know, Ty- Tyler's mad. I, I feel like, I don't know Tyler, but I feel like he's an Oilers fan because I'm getting a lot of Oilers chatter from Tyler here in the uh, in, in the uh, in the live chat. Um, obviously, you know, they have a lot of talent, especially on their top lines. Um, so, I mean, you can't rule them out as well. They just don't stand out as a, a team to me that I go, yeah, that they're going to be a team to beat uh, down this road. So, um, obviously, over the next couple of weeks, as, as these games and these series start to take shape, we'll, we'll jump back in here. Um, and and uh, analyze the series as they go, uh, but now let's jump to Major League Baseball because hey Jim, Jim before we hop to baseball, sure. One, one quick question for hockey: what, what do you what do we think the the series are going to look like? Are they going to be more offensive or more defensive? Because we've been uh, grappling with that a little bit. That's and, a good question. You know, you, you have a couple that you know you have a couple of heavy offensive teams such as you know Edmonton, Tampa Bay potentially. Um, or does it benefit your your defense heavy teams? And I think the one thing that's really coming interesting here, and I'm I'm watching the two New York teams go at it at the moment, and not uh, focusing on you hardly at all, but that's normal. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Um, but the, you can see that this is the what third game of the day in Toronto, and the the ice is getting a little bumpy and bouncy and uh, all that. So, I mean, you you got all these things to consider that you normally wouldn't have to consider. So I don't know if it benefits the offensive teams, the defensive teams, but it. Um, I, I agree with what Sean's saying about the young and the speed, but I also think it's some of these veteran leadership experience plays a huge role in all this too. So just kind of interesting if anyone has any kind of takes on what uh, what direction or what benefits some of those items have. I think um, like in these... And we're pro- going to start with Matt because I want to hear him go first for once. Okay, I listen to Jim Matt, go ahead. I am so sorry. I totally spaced out there. So if, if Jim could go first... <laughs> that's okay. Usually when Dave talks, that's the that's the fair reaction. Um, perfectly, perfectly fine. I think in the early rounds, the I think offense is, is going to be more uh, the name of the game in these qualifying rounds and in the seeding games because teams are still finding their legs. Teams are still kind of figuring it out and, and getting used to playing again. So um, especially for the Tampas and Washingtons and stuff that, that are very strong offensively. I think, um, and I think it's great for the NHL because I think people are going to tune in that don't normally tune in. And if, if you have a lot of offense, uh, that's going to help the league. Um, but as the, as the series get deeper, um, you know, conference quarterfinals, conference finals, Stanley cup finals, I think that's where we'll get more of the normal product that we're used to seeing, you know, in the regular season, in the playoffs, because teams will have their legs and, and will kind of have a, have a normal feel to it. But yeah, I think early on offense is the key. Uh, so Matt or Sean, whichever one wants to take it, Matt. I think, I think, um, I think it's going to be series to series. I, I don't think you're going to have kind of one um, straight thing across the board. And, and I think it's going to kind of be um, first team to go on the um, aggressive, like kind of along that offensive line. 
uh, in each series. Um, if the defense holds and if there's really no uh, breaking in, you, know, you may have some series where teams are afraid to push for fear of giving up that first goal. And I think that, you know, teams are going to play off each other. Um, but I, I think as a general rule, these, these teams have probably been prepping some offensive plays and some, some formations to try to get the puck in the net early. So, yeah, I think as a general rule, I would say, say offense, but, but I think you're going to see some series where teams are digging in because they know there's not going to be a lot of goals. Maybe it is a Tuka Rask against a, you know, a, 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 another great goaltender. Maybe, maybe it's Rask against the lightning, any series, the lightning is going to be offensive and it's going to be offensive. Um, but it's, um, <laughs> um, and of course, anything involving Boston is going to be just offensive. So, um, yeah, thanks, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you're going to see it series to series. But but James is right. Uh, offense first, and then and then transition. I think. Yeah, I think the whole time um, we've been hearing for all sports as they come back is just how this is a sprint, not a marathon. So offense has to be the name of the game coming out. I think teams will be just looking to score fast, score as often as they can. Not that that's never the mindset, but. Um, you know, for more defensive teams, I don't think they're going to have that luxury kind of finding that footing, relying on that, especially with that, how aggressive I think every team is going to be, especially in the round robin tournaments. Um, so I think, especially in that kind of format, we're going to see a lot of offense first. And then as teams get tired, as they hit that, what the midseason lull is going to be pretty much like the finals. So we'll, we'll see more of it kind of revert to the norm the deeper into the playoffs we get yeah so yeah it's it's going to be fun it's absolutely going to be fun obviously the the qualifying rounds get underway um on uh on saturday starting at noon so it's it's going to be wall to wall uh at least through the uh the early going all right let's uh let's uh move to baseball here um you know we got through opening weekend um no fans cardboard cutouts virtual fans that whole thing um you know, but again, for me, it kind of kind of felt like baseball. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't anything too out of the ordinary, except the Orioles won two out of three. Uh, that was out of the ordinary. Um, but uh, you know, I liked it. I mean, it, it it felt like baseball. We'll we'll talk about the Marlins situation because, um, you know that 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 whole thing is is really kind of putting uh, both baseball and I think football um, a little bit in jeopardy, but. Um, it felt good. It felt good to have baseball back. Um, and, uh, Dave, your, your thoughts just on opening weekend. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it was good to have baseball back. Uh, it, it's just interesting in how much, uh, more pressure is on all these games. I mean, you figure that one game now is equated to, to three games during a, a normal season. So, um, you know, rough numbers there, but, uh, it just shows how much more pressure is on, on the games that, uh, you win three games in a row. Now it's like eight games during the regular season. So, or, and regular season being a, a non-COVID season, of course, but uh, just amazing how uh, kind of you, you equate the suspension that came down today. Um, Eight-game suspension is 20, 21 games during a normal season. I think I saw. So, um, you know, much. whether whether the uh, you know the message is being sent on that or not, where you where you stand on it, uh, whole another story, and probably could do a whole podcast on that. But uh, <laughs> you know, just the the materiality of being out for eight games is you know immense at this point just given the drastic uh shift in the lack of games and how each game really does matter um the other thing i saw that's uh interesting is that there's uh there's a huge proportion of wins going to the bullpen which shows that they're having a, a shorter leash on starters this year 
Um, obviously, the sample size isn't real long yet. And, and is, is it more of a, uh, you know, the rule change that they can't pull pitchers in the middle of the inning type of thing? Or is it more of uh, the starters aren't in shape, get game shape yet? Or is it a combination of things? But it's interesting that they're getting a lot more uh, deciding factors, for lack of better terms, in the, uh, the end part of the game. So, um, but good to have baseball back. Yeah, I mean, the Orioles went to the bullpen in, in uh, after the third inning on on Friday, <laughs> but that wasn't that's that a, was that wasn't for their benefit. Yeah, I don't think that's they were qual- resting anyone. No, that's a quality start when the starter makes it two innings. For the Orioles. <laughs> Gives up six runs, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Tyler Joe Joe the legend Kelly got suspended for eight games today. Um, here's the deal: if baseball wants to send a message, uh, I guess message received. My thought on it is that with 60 games, eight games is, is a lot. Uh, I think you could have sent a message with two or three. Um, but, you know, if, if baseball would have done the right thing in the offseason, no, nobody would have to send a message anyway. That's my thought on that. Uh, Sean, um, baseball's he didn't opening week. hit the guy. That's the even better part. Right. He didn't hit the guy. Right. Exactly. It's just ridiculous. Um, Sean, your thought on, uh, on, on baseball. Uh, well, first of all, generally speaking, and, and I, and I haven't read the suspension. I saw, I saw a blurb about it. Um, but generally speaking with pitchers, the suspensions are listed as longer because they don't pitch every day. So it's not eight starts. It's eight games. Well, but this is, the, yeah, this was, this isn't a starter though. Right. Well, it doesn't matter. It just means like he's, I mean, he's not a starter, but like generally with pitchers, it's just higher. And I think that like, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those where you're just not going to have him available. And maybe some of that is because of the amount of innings that he works. Uh, it's not like a guy that's missing nine innings of baseball and you suspend him one game. He's missing maybe zero innings because there's some games where you're not going to need him. Uh, so um, so I think with pitchers, because they're sporadically used, you just suspend them longer. Uh, as for message received, I think people listened. I don't think it's going to stop it. Uh, they're just going to have to mask it a little better. But um, – but yeah, like you said, I, th- I think it's good to have baseball back. Um, I'm very excited to see that. Um, I did also notice that uh, a lot of a lot of wins and things coming in relief. Um, and I and I, I too was curious about you know the short leash and and I think in some scenarios in Philadelphia you definitely saw it. Um, you know, out of Nola, um, I mean, he just came out in the sixth inning and his first starting was guessed. Uh, so maybe that's part of it. Some pitchers are just kind of out of shape. But I also wonder if some teams are kind of expecting with a shortened season, you know, in a couple of these rotations to get these starters back into the rotation a little sooner than five starts, um, you know, try to, cause they're going to want to use them in as many games as possible, especially with most of your games coming in your own division. You know, when you're looking at the NL East and the AL East, it's going to be decided probably by fractions of games um, in a 60 game season. Um, and, and, you know, sporadically throughout the the rest of the league i think you're going to have a lot of tight races you, you know you want those ace arms to be as fresh as possible um so i think you're going to see the pen starting to come in fifth sixth innings um but um but otherwise i i think the product looks fine philly fanatic is still the best mascot in sports he's even um you know heckling and 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 <laughs> you know helping out the uh, the cutout fans uh, in the back there. Uh, you know, he's just he's back there sitting, eating popcorn with them, throwing things on fans uh, that aren't even there. So, you know, he just hasn't missed a beat. And um, I don't know. I think I think baseball is, is something people really wanted to see. And, and I really hope this whole Marlins fiasco um, 
if, 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 if every other team saw this happen at this point, it's gotta be like, you know, if, if major league baseball has got to let teams know if anyone leaves their bubble, like whatever the bubble that team has, whatever minimal, like stay in your hotel room, stay in your home, stay in your vehicle. Don't move because it, it happens real fast. Sure does. Um, especially when you play in Florida. Yeah. And, and, Texas, and party in Georgia. <laughs> Well, yeah, at a party in Georgia. But, uh, but either way, um, it happened real fast. Luckily, it seems like the Phillies were unaffected, at least to this point. So, so it looks like, with the exception of Miami, the rest of the league should be able to get back to semi-normal, and just hope for the best, um, and then just hope that Miami learns their lesson by the time teams have to start playing them. Um, but um, yeah, if, if 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 they don't crack down and don't fix it, um, this could be a very short season, uh, kind of. Uh, kind of be disappointing if we don't get through even 60 games but um but i'm good to have it back yeah matt thoughts on uh baseball's opening weekend well hey the the phillies lost to an underwhelming marlins team that had lost a third of their <laughs> roster to COVID already uh vincent velasquez gave up a four-run lead in the half what an embarrassment. it's like it was 2019 all over again so i'm glad to have some of normalcy with the phillies appreciated that um Matt Klintag, if you're listening, you're terrible at your job. Um, so <laughs> it was it was just nice to just get that back. I mean, even watching the Phillies get mollywopped on Sunday was just like, hey, at least I'm watching this. It's happening. Uh, and then to, you know, read the subsequent reports about, you know, what happened with Miami afterwards, um, which, you know, like you said, we'll talk about, but just kind of a disappointing end to an already disappointing baseball weekend for me. Um, it looked like it put a lot of stuff in jeopardy just when we were starting to get it back, especially with like a lot of, not a lot of, but a good amount of players taking it very seriously, taking precautions, masks, stuff like that. Um, so to see people put in a lot of effort to do this the right way and then for it to just all blow up in the face was a little disheartening. But again, um, you, you got baseball back. So at the end of the day, um, I think, a lot of people have looked at baseball as the one sport that could make it just because of the low amount of contact that there is with person to person. So to see this all happening like it is, I think does put a big question mark around the NFL. Um, it does put a big question mark around the other sports if they don't do what NHL, NBA are doing and keep it confined to a single or two areas um but i they, they have to follow the blueprint now um because mlb is showing that a minimal contact sport can just have this blow up yeah and i mean that's the thing obviously you know the marlins now i think there was one or two more players that tested positive today um so it could continue to trickle over the next couple of days and, and the thing to watch there is um if you have more players testing positive is is them being uh, on pause going to go beyond this weekend. Um, you know, like how far does their pause go and how, how does it affect, uh, the teams they were supposed to play? They, they already shuffling, uh, schedules as it was. The Orioles were supposed to play the Marlins. The Phillies were supposed to play the Yankees. So the Orioles are playing the Yankees, uh, today and tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we have seen just how quick and, and really, um, you know, I, the baseball, I feel like has made so many mistakes, um, from, from the, from the beginning here, I mean, you didn't do enough to make sure that the Blue Jays were going to have a home stadium until 
you know, after the first games were played. Um, and, and, you know, now you're looking at a situation where, uh, you know, a, an entire clubhouse has been compromised. Uh, so, um, you know, and there's, and there's no, there's no like written policy. I mean, you had players that tested positive that knew they tested positive that still played on Sunday. Like how, like, how can that happen? You've had how long to prepare for this? How simple is it to put in, in your rules of return to play? If a player tests positive, he does not play until he has at least one, but probably multiple negative tests. That's what hockey's doing. That I'm pretty sure is what basketball's doing. Like, it's not it's not hard to do that. To if you test positive, you're done. You're shut down. Um, and baseball couldn't even do that. Um, and 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 Tyler had a great question, and and we'll we'll address it then in pertaining to you know if baseball does get sideways, what impact does that have on the NFL and potentially football as a whole? But man. Um, and any quick thoughts going around here about just, just how bad this is for the Marlins and, and for baseball as a whole, I know, Sean, you kind of hit on it already. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, um, I mean, I think it's, it, it's as embarrassing as it is for major league baseball. It's incredibly embarrassing for the Miami organization, uh, to come into a situation where, you know, you, you've put it off and you've put it off. And, and especially, you know, you're talking about players union uh, that fought for your salaries and fought for your rights and like, like who's going to get paid and who's going to play how long. And then you finally come to an agreement. And like within a few, a week of the season, you got, you got players on your franchise going out to parties and like hanging out outside of whatever semblance of a bubble you have. I mean, that it, it's absolutely embarrassing, especially in a city that for a period of time here in the last few weeks was considered the epicenter of the virus outbreak. So if, if there was any team anywhere that was going to step in and say, no one moves, it's got to be the team in that city. Um, and, and it's the one that let them get away. Uh, so hopefully it's a, it's a, it's a one-time strike. It's, it's a one team mistake. Um, but, but it doesn't say much for what major league baseball set, you know, as far as protocols and as far as everything else, obviously there was nothing at the league level saying, well, you have to do this and players need to check that box and need to go here. And, and I think that major league baseball better change it going forward or we're in jeopardy of never getting to that postseason. That is the big money maker that they're hoping to get to. Ridiculous. Uh, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with everything there. And I, I think the, the one piece that was a little confusing to me on the whole Marlins piece is uh, they, they said during the opening day broadcast about Juan Soto um, that he had to have two negative tests in order to come back. And then you're, you're also saying that the Marlins had knowledge that these guys had the tests and were able to play. So why is there this double standard? Yeah, um, real confusing. The fact that the, the whole Marlins fr- franchise is garbage and, uh, you know, it, it needs taken over, worked at something there, but uh, uh, quite interesting to say the least. Um, touching on your NFL comment, um, I, I think the NFL is in trouble. You, you look at, uh, you know, who's who's the the highest risk in, in all of sports, and it's probably got to be your lineman in the NFL, just given the the uh, the weight and everything else that they have. And one of these linemen gets it, and it it spreads through the whole line pretty quickly, and. Uh, uh, just a perfect example. Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes back there with the whole with the secondary offensive line in front of him? Are the Chiefs even going to field Mahomes in that situation, given that he's you know now you know a billion dollar man for lack of better terms? <laughs> yeah. And what what happens? You know your your trickle down effect. But uh, I, I think the NFL is in serious trouble at this point. Yeah, yeah. It you know, and, and you're you're talking 
you know, we, we've seen numerous, numerous players on, on multiple teams already opting out. It's, it's, uh, football's going to have a lot of hard decisions over the next couple of weeks. Matt, any, any other thoughts on the, on the Marlins? No, I mean, they, it's a very on brand of the Marlins to just bungle <laughs> this situation the way they did. Um, you know, it, it's disappointing to, to hear that the decision was made by the team via a group text message of, are we doing this or not? Like, it's just none of this makes sense. Like, I think last time I was on, we were just pointing out the ineptitude of the Washington football team franchise and the Miami Marlins were like the hold my beer in this situation and just like took us finally getting this sport back and put it in extreme jeopardy. Do we get to the postseason? I don't know. Um, hopefully, you know, this situation can be rectified. Someone can step in and tell the Marlins, like, cut the shit. Um, you know, no more of this, like, deciding on your own whether you want to play if you have COVID or not. If you have COVID, you don't play. Like like you said, that's a pretty no-brainer <laughs> right. decision with all of this going on. Like, if, if you have this highly contagious virus, sit a couple games out, sit a couple weeks out, thanks for your service. We'll see you when you come back. But like, so hopefully they can get it, get it fixed. Um, and, and I think if they can, if they can turn it around, then the NFL, the uh, sport that has had the longest time and done the least amount of preparation, it seems, <laughs> can take notes and make sure that they get a season come September because we're knocking on September's door here, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're like two days from August. So, but like, you know, it's it's yeah, it's just it's it's mind-boggling just just how that if there's one piece of consistent information that we've gotten from every level, international, you know, federal, state, local, it's if you're sick, stay the fuck home. And the Marlins couldn't even get that right. Um, real quick, let's go around the room. Well, they were go they were going to try. They're not going to have another chance to get a win a game to go above five hundred all year. Or so, <laughs> well, that's you had to, you had to put, go all in for it. <laughs> that's true. I, I, you know, and maybe this is because the Orioles were set to play them in a four game. Or I thought any team that was set to play the Marlins should just get automatic wins. Like it should just be forfeits, um, which would have been totally fine by me. The Orioles could have started six and one. <laughs> um, let's go around the room here. Does baseball finish the year do they get through 60 in a postseason dave they finish to get to the postseason but not every team plays 60 got it sean i sort of agree amended season possibly shorter possibly some teams don't play them all something there uh but they're going to do everything in their power to get to that postseason matt yeah the the money is the end factor here and they are going to make sure that they're paying these guys for 60 games. They're going to get 60 games out of them. Uh, I say no. I say I don't think we. I don't think we see the end of a baseball season this year. Um, all right. The real quick, kind of bridging the gap because I know Tyler had asked the question about, you know, and and we we touched on it a little bit to, to football. Um, like today, the ACC kind of unveiled their schedule. Ten games within the ACC. Uh, one out-of-conference game that has to be played in a state that has an ACC team. Uh, it was a little little complicated and weird. Um, Notre Dame is playing a full ACC schedule. Uh, they would be eligible for the ACC title game this year. 
They would also be eligible for the ACC's Orange Bowl bid if they don't make the playoff uh, and their record would hold up there. Um, <clears throat> Clemson still set to come to South Bend uh, as they were on the original schedule. Um, but how do how confident do we feel both college and the NFL that we are going to have a football season this fall. I know colleges say that, you know, they, they feel pretty confident that they can make it happen with these conference only schedules and whatnot. But, um, you know, for, for me, I mean, I know, you know, I know for the most part, statistically speaking, college, college athletes are probably, you know, fairly safe, um, even if they would get the virus. But, um, you know, we've seen with, with the Marlins, just how quick it can spread within your room and then wherever these kids go and like, how easy is it going to be to keep a college kid from not going to parties and not, not living college life? Um, you know, so I think it becomes a much more challenging thing. Uh, I, I, I still think that we definitely do. I, I'm, I'm like almost putting like a zero, zero percent, uh, on college football th- this fall. NFL maybe like 2025 I like I just I don't see how how football with the size of the staffs I don't think you can do I don't think you can do bubbles and and hub cities with football because it's just the the sheer size of the staffs and the and the and the teams and everything I I think it you're it's almost impossible to do that sort of a thing for for the NFL um so I don't have a whole lot of optimism for football Dave yeah, I think uh, I think you have a better chance of college football in the spring. Um, I've seen a lot of talk about that. Uh, don't hate it. Don't love it. Uh, I, I would love it a lot more if we have college football in the spring and NFL in the fall. That would be kind of cool to extend uh, football a lot longer. Uh, the other piece along with this, too, is, is you, you got to factor in the money with college football. Um, two components on it, one being the amount of money that schools generate. But the, the second component that's not really being talked about is how much money it costs to make this safe for all the kids and everyone involved, including the travel, the quarantine, cleaning, et cetera. And you, you have schools that obviously aren't going to have an issue affording it, but then you get to your bottom. Uh, I don't even, I don't know if it's your bottom 80 schools in D one, your bottom 20 schools in D one, but are they going to be able to, to, to foot the bill on this and do your, your Sunbelt schools just not make it type of thing. And um, I don't know the answer to that, but I think uh, I've seen a lot of chatter that uh, we're, we're trending towards uh, spring college football games but uh how did nc state get away with not playing notre dame or clemson this year that seems like kind of highway robbery in there, yeah but, uh, i mean i i still don't necessarily think it would matter for them uh you know i still think you're gonna get a handful of losses there anyway but yeah they they definitely you know maybe money exchanged hands uh with those schedule makers because that that seems a, a little too convenient for them uh, when yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty interesting without a doubt but uh, NFL I think you're you're 50 50 on uh, again they have a lot more money behind everything so they can figure out a lot more on, on how they're gonna do stuff but uh, I, I think they're in the they're, they have the lucky uh, benefit of watching MLB go six weeks uh, before they have to really make any tough decisions on what they have to do so they have some benefit that they can kind of say hey look what the Miami Marlins did you're in strict protocol doing XYZ type of thing so um, I think NFL, I would probably lean towards that it's more than likely that they play, but uh, I don't know what kind of modifications they're going to have to go through. I just think there's too much money involved, and there's too much money for the owners to be made, too. But uh, what the hell do I know? Well, and, and with the NFL, too, versus college, I mean, 32 teams versus uh, 100-plus is is, 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 a, is another 
uh, difference as well. Um, and and with the NFL players, you can you at least can go from home to practice facility, home to stadium, versus you know college kids that are going to be going. You know, I mean, again, theoretically, we saw how well the the Marlins pulled it off, but you know, theoretically, you you can isolate yourself when you're not at the team facility uh whereas college kids i mean i mean how quickly does does a cold or a flu travel through a dorm i mean it's 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 you know it's it's a nightmare it's it's absolute nightmare uh sean thoughts on on football and what what the odds are um you know i i I mean college football i'm I'm kind of with you I, i think at the very least it's postponed if if anything like if this if the virus doesn't get crowded by the spring, you're not going to see it then either. Um, I, I think if colleges ask these kids to play, we live in an era where, you know, lawsuits coming at, at places. And, and, and I think schools are going to see that as a potential hazard. But, um, you know, I, I remember being in college and, and watching one of the dorms break out in meningitis and watching that spread incredibly fast, despite the fact that most of the people in the dorm uh, were inoculated against meningitis and they were still getting it. Uh, so, um, it happens incredibly fast and this is something we don't really know much about. So, so I don't, I don't see universities really testing it as for the NFL, uh, little to no confidence that it happens. Um, I'm definitely not holding my breath or looking forward to anything too much, uh, because I, at this point, Roger Goodell and, and, and the powers that be don't seem to have really put any type of protocol or plan in place. And I know Shocking. by canceling the preseason, uh, you've, you've kind of, put that off but at the same time like you took four weeks of football away but you're probably for that many people and personnel uh gonna need two of those just to quarantine and clean up and test and prepare if not all four uh you know i think uh, you know if you're gonna ask these players to show up and play i know some the eagles had three today including one on the offensive line dave uh lane johnson testing positive with COVID 19 uh so these guys are being asked to quarantine now. And so, you know, you, you ask yourself like, Oh, they tested positive. Who did they see everyone else on the offense? Uh, so I don't know. I, I think it's going to be real hard to get, you're going to have to individually quarantine to prepare for a team game, which is going to be a slow start. And I, I just don't know if Goodell, Goodell has proven in the past, he can take a powerful totalitarian stance on issues uh, this would probably be a good time to do it, Rod Goodell. If you're listening, I'm sure you are. I know he follows most of our broadcasts, uh, so so I'm I'm hoping that he takes my advice and, and just make a stand. Be like, stop going out, stop moving, sit in your house until I tell you when you can move. Right. And I'm paying you a lot of money to not move. You know. So um, if he can do that, we got a shot. If he doesn't, no shot whatsoever. Uh, Matt, how about you? Um, I do not think we see college football uh, in the fall, maybe in the spring. That would be fine with me um, as long as you know that it, the main thing with the college football is I don't want these these student athletes risking any type of long lasting effects if they're not getting financially compensated. Um, I don't want people that are getting financially compensated to risk it. So I certainly don't want them to risk it if they're not at all. Um, the only thing that I want, want them to is just to be able to get that that opportunity. You know, a lot of college athletes lost out, you know, their last year of eligibility last year. 
I know that sucks. So I know a lot of them are probably willing to. So I would like to see it get pushed back a little just so we, you know, have more answers when we do finally get to that point. In terms of the NFL, I think uh, in the past when we talked about this, we said possibly like a shortened season. I still think that's on the table. I don't think we start week one as planned in September. Um, I could see maybe a 12-game season starting in October, maybe late October, pushing the season back a little bit. Um, so I and, and again, like NFL is the the dollar runs all in NFL. So Goodell is going to do what he can to make it happen. So I think if it does happen, and I put that at 50-50, we're not seeing it until October and probably not until late October. Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, something we, we kind of keep our eyes on because, you know, college uh, camps will soon theoretically be starting up if, if college football uh, is, is indeed going to be a thing that happens um, and, and NFL training camps not uh, not long after. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of optimism on either. And, and quite frankly, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, I love football. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm already making plans of when my fantasy leagues are drafting and whatever, but, um, you know, it, it, I, I'd rather guys be saying, rather miss out a year or move it to the spring or whatever. Um, and, and, and see, you know, because what the virus does and, and where we're at in terms of treatments and vaccines and all of that stuff so um it it i i just uh, you got it you got to be smart you got to be smart about it um all right that real quick here um and the last kind of topic to uh to cover is uh, of course the nba ready to ready to start up official games tomorrow matt okay um and and obviously you know we we we've seen the the game presentation uh, with their exhibition games and um the the, the setup uh, down there I I I've loved the look of the the NBA um you know that it's obviously a much different style of building than the NHL arena or the major league baseball stadiums but I think they did a really good job um visually uh it's really cool with the different screens and um and and whatnot and in you know it's 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 something that, you know, I've, I've, I didn't watch a lot of the exhibition games, so I, I don't, you know, making any sort of predictions or anything for me, um, you know, is, is going to be kind of silly. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of let you run on that, Matt, because you are definitely more uh, into the NBA thing, but, um, you know, starting tomorrow, I think I'm going to, I'm going to tune in, uh, a, a bit, you know, have hockey on the TV and, and, um, and NBA, uh, on the, uh, iPad or the computer and, uh, utilize all the, uh, all the screens that, that I have. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think again, they've been pretty smart. We'll touch, we'll touch on Lou Williams, um, uh, here in a second, but, but just thoughts on, uh, thoughts on, on the NBA, Matt. Um, yeah, I mean, in light of Lou Williams and Rashawn Holmes, two former Sixers breaking the rules here, um, but the NBA is doing the right thing with that in terms of, hey, you, you can't follow our rules. You, you get to stay in your hotel room for 10 days uh, and, you know, maybe they learn their lesson. So I think the overall feel of the games has been good. I like the pumped in crowd noise. I like that the home teams get to like pump in their music, their PA stuff. Um, 
you know, just just hearing Mark and Allah back on my TV as a Sixers fan just gives me some semblance of normalcy again. Uh, and in true Sixers Twitter fashion, they were very upset about the Sixers blowing a fourth quarter lead when they had their third stringers in. So um, we're back. NBA is back. Um, so I think it'll be fun. Um, I think that the teams are having fun. I think that being quarantined together has kind of built a bond with all the teams and you're seeing players just kind of enjoy themselves as they're playing the game. Um, so it's it's been kind of nice to see um, almost like a summer league feel to it, which, you know, it, it kind of is at this point. Um, I think doing it down in Disney where you can kind of contain everything and still, you know, if the players really want to, you know, get on Splash Mountain, hey, let them sneak out and do that, but don't go to the strip club for wings. That's the <laughs> one card to rule. I, I'm sure they have a great buffet. I'm sure they do. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it's been it's been 17 years since I was at Disney, but like one thing I do remember is that the food was really good. It's still it still is, but I mean, hey, there's it's there no it's it's no strip club wings, um, you know, and and I mean I I'm not gonna judge strip club wings because I uh I've never had strip club wings, so I don't know if they are great or not, but uh. You know, I don't, I don't want a side of COVID nineteen with my wings either. So I, I don't know. Um, now Tyler has a question: Are they? Do they have two, two different buildings and two different courts, or is it just one? Uh, they have to have more than one. That's what I would uh, think with, with multiple with the games. amount of teams um, and the size of the complex. I mean, the the sports complex down in Disney in general is just humongous. So um, if they are just running with the one basketball court, I would be shocked. Um, and especially with like the amount of games that they have going on, they have to have multiple courts that they can run on in a day. Yeah, it's that's kind of what I would uh, imagine. I don't um, know what that number is, but I I would say it's greater than one. Yeah, I I would I would have thought so too. I, I just didn't know for sure. Uh, Dave or Sean, any any other thoughts? Um, you know, to, to the NBA and and uh, you know their return to play this weekend officially. Well, I, I, I would I would say the product looks good and and uh, like you said that wide world of sports complex down there, um, pretty vast and, and they're definitely using more than one court I know that for sure. Uh, not to rain on your parade uh, as far as this weekend's games. Um, luckily it's an indoor sport, but uh, tropical storm making landfall this week. Uh, so if there was uh, one reason to not pick Florida as your hub, it was COVID nineteen. <laughs> uh, second is you're starting your season during hurricane season. Uh, here it comes. Uh, release the Kraken, says Seattle. Um, anyway, um, I think they'll all be fine. We should be able to get those games in. Uh, Disney's still standing, uh, despite all the hurricanes in the past. And um, I think the Sixers will be in Florida, apparently. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's, it's the place to be. Uh, it's definitely the place to stay, because uh, no other states will let you in. Um, but... Um, I, th- I think as far as the NBA goes, I think it should be pretty exciting. I think the product looks good based on what I've seen so far. And, and I think that, um, you know, there is some parody. I mean, obviously the Bucks and the Lakers, you know, kind of sitting at the top of things like um, definitely both poised to easily win a ring if, if they can pull it off. But, but, you know, you have some teams like the Clippers and, you know, um, maybe even the Raptors sneaking in there. And then of course our 76ers, um, that are kind of these dark horses kind of just hovering there. Um, I think there's a couple teams in the middle of the pack that, that could pull out and, you know, maybe catch some, somebody by surprise, but um, 
I don't know. It should be exciting to watch. And, and, you know, we've been deprived of sports long enough that, you know what, why not turn it on? If you haven't watched a lot of NBA, if you, if you kind of like the old uh, niece household, uh, James and Sean growing up didn't watch a lot of basketball Well, until they were a little bit older, but um, get into it now. It could be exciting. That's what I said, man. I, and I got Matt's approval to be a Sixers fan. He questioned my decision-making on that, but Hey, like I said, if if there's somebody that understands disappointment in sports, it's 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 this guy right here. Um, over the course of my life, um, and you know, and I want something that you touched on, Matt, and I think it's a great point is is watching guys have fun, and um, and and I know like there was a there was a shot during the Flyers and and Penguins overtime, like the 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 whatever the the night game was oh the montreal toronto there was players like in the zamboni tunnel watching overtime so i think what you're seeing is is guys and i think they understand um at least the majority of them that aren't going to go to strip clubs for wings um or or you know party in in a a different state where COVID's having a field day um I mean, to be fair to Lou Williams, at least he went to the strip club and got his wings. Like, Rashawn Holmes went and met his DoorDash guy for, like, Arby's or something. Right. So, right. You, could, you could do a lot worse than the strip club wing. Yeah. Like, um, but, you know, Lou I Williams think... should not have a job. I didn't get to touch on Lou Williams. But to me, if it weren't for players' unions, uh, and, and I was the commissioner of the NBA, like, sorry, pal, stay at the strip club. You're not getting back in. Yeah. Like you, you deal, Sorry, we like changed we changed the locks, we changed the key code. You're not allowed yeah, back don't in. Don't call Mickey, don't call <laughs> Donald. None of them know the code. All right? Um, but like I think I think for the most part I think like players uh, you know, they they kind of understand the responsibility they have, not from a from a sports standpoint, obviously from a financial standpoint to to themselves and to their team and to the league, but also the fact that, you know, you you have you have a, a a country of people that have um, been through a hell of a year, and and now we're looking to sports as a form of entertainment to at least distract us for a couple hours at a time, or or for however long we can check in and watch a game. So I think like they understand that as well. So while you take it seriously, and obviously once the games really begin for real, like with the NBA tomorrow, the the NHL on Saturday. Um, it becomes a little more real, but also when you're when you're off the court, when you're practicing, when you're um, you know back in your in your hotels or whatever, um, you know the, it, it it is kind of a, like a summer camp thing. And I think they understand that 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 it's this is kind of bigger than sports now too, um, which is which is huge. Dave, your your thoughts on on any or all of this. <laughs> I mean, I go to strip clubs for the wings. I don't know about you. It's the same reason you go to Hooters, right? Sure, of course. <laughs> for the wings. I mean, no other reason. So, nothing to do with I mean, not, not, crab I, dip. I could, yeah, beer, too. It's crab cold. dip? But, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything that's said there that, uh, you know, it's nice to see these pro athletes see kind of a different side of them having fun. And it, it kind of reminds you of like a Little League baseball tournament where you kind of had the teams camping out for a while and that type of stuff. So, um, really nice to see the, the, the other sides of that. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, you look at the NHL teams that are going to be in, uh, even if you're your conference finals, they're going to be two months in the bubble roughly. And just some of the stories that will come out and uh, just some of the other antics, uh, you know, off the ice that, you know, if you, you 
you know, drop the gloves with a guy or you having dinner with him three hours later type of thing. It's just kind of interesting takes to see on, on things like that. So it'll be fun to watch uh, uh, kind of how that evolves during the next uh, month or two. But yeah. I don't know anything about basketball other than I like to throw money at it. So There you go. Um, Matt or Sean, any other, any other thoughts with uh, the NBA? No, I mean, it's, it's just good to see it back. I know a lot of players, it was it was kind of a question mark. I still have no idea why they ended up with the number of teams that were allowed in, aside from wanting Zion. Math is hard. Um, and, and, and the, yeah. um, <laughs> I was watching the, the Sixers play Memphis the other day with a co-worker um, while at work, and we were like, is Memphis just one of these teams that made it in because they wanted Zion in? And it was like, yep, must be it. So um, such is the NBA. Um, it's all about branding. So you, you got to get one of your biggest team players into to this tournament if you're going to do it the right way. Um, and I think that they are. I'm excited to see what the product looks like. I, I know that they were kind of doing that thing where they had the screen of like past fans. So if the Sixers start blowing a lead during any part of this, I expect loud booze to be pumped in during a home game um such so that the players can can feel right at home as well it should and uh yeah i think that i was going to say the whole setup to the whole playoffs was a little strange um with the unbalanced east west and uh like you said trying to get zion in there um but you know you had a chance with unprecedented situation to kind of write your own rules and 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 they took advantage of that but um but it looks like the product's set up. It looks like it's sharp. Um, hopefully the uh, the ladies in the wings uh, were the only burst of the bubble and, and everybody kind of learns from that because um, it, it should be exciting as long as it's, you know, it's a great chance for, for the NBA to kind of, along with the NHL, uh, really take hold of, of some fan bases um, and, um, you know, kind of kind of get some momentum going into next season and the years after that uh, based on how they handle this. Uh, so, so hopefully they do it a little better than Major League Baseball. Yes, I took another shot. Hopefully. Yeah, no, that's fine. They deserve it. Um, Dave, I know you said you may have a couple of uh, golf plays for this weekend before we uh, close out here. Yeah, just one we want to uh, definitely throw out. Uh, we're going to give it out. Uh, we gave out a couple of winners on Twitter the past couple of weeks. Uh, since we have a show here, we're going to give out Paul Casey over Kevin Nye at the uh, St. Jude this weekend. So St. Jude's an interesting tournament. There is no cut. Uh, so something different on the golf scene this weekend. So uh-huh, Very good. Uh, Tiger's safe, but he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he ain't missing this cut, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously, you know, don't forget about golf. If you're into if you're into NASCAR, I mean, I know I watched some of the NASCAR stuff uh, while we had nothing else uh, to, to watch. So, um, you know, that's still out there as well. Um, but yeah, sports, uh, sports is back and kicking. Um, anything else, anybody else wants to, uh, touch on Matt? Yeah, I do. I do want to give a tip of the cap to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, he got that quarter or half billion dollar bag and started investing the right way. Um, getting that ownership stake in the Kansas city Royals, I think, uh, is a smart move as any investor. I mean, sports are always going to be on the rise. Uh, and if Patrick Mahomes puts his name to something in Kansas city, I'm sure people will buy into it. So he, he definitely knew that going in. But I think that's a good use of your money right off the bat. Yeah, once uh, when, whenever fans are allowed back at games, I think uh, that that decision could pay uh, dividends for the uh, the Casey Royals as well. Um, anything else, Sean? You got some? 
Uh, I just want to point out that uh, in three shortened seasons slash uh, strange situations, uh, Philadelphia has a legitimate shot of all three championships. Just throwing that out there. Um, does Boston and New York and LA also have those things? Absolutely. Um, but F them, uh, you know, we got a shot and you know what, if two, if we win two instead of three, I will officially make meatloaves two out of three ain't bad. The anthem of 2020, uh, I would be perfectly fine with two out of three. Uh, and I don't even care which two, uh, as long as one of them is a Stanley cup. It would be the most Philly thing ever to win two or three championships. Like short in the in the asterisk first. seasons, and everybody's just like, yeah, it we wasn't can't even real. like celebrate with the parade. No, <laughs> no digital digital parades. The, the digital parades. Um, and that's the thing. One other thing is like obviously with with the NBA and, and NHL coming back is like like the people that inevitably you know if, if your biggest rival. Uh, wins you would you would you would say well this wasn't like a real thing but like obviously if 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 the caps when i went to, like don't don't be that guy don't be that guy like nobody asked for this like we didn't ask for this we didn't want this we wanted we wanted the stanley cup in june and wanted to be able to celebrate it we wanted the nba finals to be in june like nobody wanted this to happen so don't be asterisk guy like because if your team would win you would celebrate it as normal. Just, just we're, let's just be glad we have sports. Like, okay. to, to an extent, if Boston wins any of this, then I am definitely going to Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We, well, yeah. I mean, come on. Don't. Asterisk. <laughs> thing sucks. Yeah, just like, yeah. If, if it's Boston, you know, if, if the Penguins win, by all means, we can, we can say Doesn't things count. like that for certainty. I'm not going to go crazy and say that being nice goes across the board. Come on. I'm, yeah, you think you guys know me well enough to know that, but you don't think I'm aware with as terrible as 2020 has been to this point <laughs> that there's a legitimate chance Boston just wins all three. Uh. I don't think that there's a chance. Like if that, I just like, not only will I not have a TV, I'll just burn my house down. Stranger <laughs> 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 things have happened. Jim has a, a goodish jersey hanging in the background. Yeah, yeah but, but none of this happened before that. You know, before I bought a Gouda's jersey, so maybe I'm the reason hey, all go. of all of these things happened. So um, let's go around, Matt. Where can uh, people follow you on Twitter? Uh, uh, and now, obviously, starting tomorrow, uh, get real angry about Sixers basketball. Yeah, so um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at 3CT, the letter A. Philly is in Philadelphia, the number 8, so 3CT affiliate. Um, you know, I, I've been taking it easy with the Sixers. I'm, I'm reserving myself until after. Well, you were in preseason as well. You got to you gotta get them I, I Twitter let, fingers back and shit. Philly stuff go. Um, you know, if, if God help Doug Flutie if there's a Notre Dame season. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I will have some pent-up rage. Yeah, and they, they still will be on NBC. Now, any revenue share will go to the full ACC, but we will we will still we will still be graced with Doug Flutie, much to our great, awesome. Uh, Sean, where can the people follow you? All right, if you're on the Facebook feed, you got it down below you. It's uh, at Seanshine State uh, down here in uh, the Sunshine State of Florida. It is now the Seanshine State. We've rebranded it. Um uh, hashtag be a fucking flyer. Um, <laughs> like I say, go Philadelphia and all sports as we get these things fired up. Um, let's remember it is the city of brotherly love, but it is okay to hate Boston and Pittsburgh. That's true. Uh, Dave, how about you? 
We're at uh, Huddle Up Dave up on Twitter, and uh, you know this is the first time that the uh, hockey is going to be played in Toronto after May ever. So we're witnessing something special here, fellas. That is a fact. <laughs> Uh, and it was also the first time ever that Toronto was in the visitors' locker room of their building, Montreal home locker room, and Toronto visitor locker room. Carey Price found that out the hard way when he turned into a wall coming down the steps. So that was a good one. Uh, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Follow the show at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter, and uh, our home network, of course, NGSCSports dot com. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, go for the win. Wear the goddamn mask.